Breaking Brown family, what's going on? It's your girl Yvette Carnell coming to you once again as I do every Monday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time or a little bit thereafter. Okay, I was running behind um, today and I'm a little bit late. Have some pity. I'm sure, I assume that you were getting your libation together so I don't have to give you that much time to get your libation together today because you were already doing that. I assume good for you. Thank you for taking action. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to be talking about some stuff today, but as always, before I get started, just a few reminders. Like I said, I think Matthew fixed the issue that we were having with the newsletters. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, what the newsletter is, is once every Sunday, you know, every Sunday I send out a list of links that I find which are important to African Americans and descendants of slaves. And that's what I do. And I send those links out and you can peruse those links. And, you know, part of what I do here and part of what I and I are doing is political education, right? So I can't, you know, you know, I'm going to curate the web and find a lot of stuff that I read that I find important. And that provides a base for what I think and feel about, you know, politics. I'm going to send those links to you. So that's $2 a month. And you can go and get that over at uh, breakingbrown.com. You can also, while you're there, you can subscribe you could subscribe if you want to for a monthly newsletter. You can subscribe for, you know, I mean, for a monthly payment. You can subscribe for, uh, you know, $3, $5, $7, $10, $15, 25 whatever you, whatever is your pleasure um, in terms of making a donation. You can also go to DonateBrown.com and make a one-time donation. You can go to SubscribeToBrown.com and also subscribe to the, uh, to, to, you can subscribe to the, subscribe to my general mailing list and what that is is like if i'm not here like if i'm not here i'm not going to be here i'll send out a i'll send out a mass mailing and say hey cancellation or hey check out army's page he's going to be doing the show from his page the funky academic so that's what that's about okay if you're watching and you have not please subscribe to the channel also please 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 hit this bell hit this button that looks like a bell hey gertrude I always love the name Gertrude. Hit this name that looks like a hit this bell so that you get a notice every time every time I go live. So just hit the bell so you get the you know you get your notifications on your little iPhone or your Android phone or whatever phone you got. Okay. So if you all are, if you all have put the baby down and you've gotten the libations and you are ready, looks like the mod squad is ready. Um, I'm I'm gonna get started. I'm gonna get started and we gonna have, we got something we need to talk about today. And today I'm kind of winging it. <laughs> I've been busy all day and didn't get a chance to make all the notes I wanted to make. So we'll see if I can wing it. But I think those of you know, and there was a lot of fanfare when this happened. There was a lot of fanfare. Put the first one, the Georgetown one up. But there was a lot of fanfare when this young, when Georgetown announced, you know, they've been as have <laughs> a lot of white institutions and white people with money been buying and selling slaves. And they announced that they were going to give some type of preferential treatment to students who were applying for admission who were descendants of those slaves. I'll give a little bit more context. Give George, it to George Chum was going to go out of business. George Chum, there was yeah, almost go no... Yeah, <laughs> There was almost no Georgetown. No Georgetown. There was no George. There was almost no... They were, those Jesuits ran out of money. Those Jesuits? <laughs> those Jesuits ran out of money... And this is, you know, 250 years ago or whatever. They ran out of money. They ran out of and money. they were like, 
well, we don't have real money, but we have Negroes. No, we have bodies. <laughs> we have black it. bodies. We have yeah. black bo- human beings. <laughs> we got human beings. Let's sell some of our Negroes because we don't have enough. We don't. We don't have. We any need cash. it because we need to sell those Negroes. <laughs> we, got, we don't. And, have any and cash. they are a commodity, like any other commodity. This property, we got to sell. We got to liquidate our Negroes. Liquidate them. Liquidate them because we right. need it. So they turned their Negroes into cash. They mm. went to their local payday spot. Yeah. <laughs> Can I turn some white people into cash? It doesn't work like oh, that. Oh, okay. All right. No, no. They turn their black people into cash and save their institution. Mm. You can look at Wouldn't be no Georgetown without them selling them slaves. Is that what there, you're saying? No, there's no ambiguity about it. They cop uh. to all of that. We were broke. <laughs> the creditors found us. The creditors found us. <laughs> <laughs> and we got out of our jam by selling our slaves. Mm. So, like, let's say that, like, like it's, it's, it's not anymore. Save the institution. Save the, the whole. Slaves. Every single. Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, uh, like, all those Georgetown people you know, there would be no Georgetown University without those 272 slaves, slaves that they sold to make their bills. And, yeah. So we're responsible for that college of slaves. Yeah, they, those <laughs> slaves, well, they, they were responsible for that. Is that what you're telling yes, me? that's what I'm telling you. Okay. So it's not like a little thing. No, there oh. would be no Georgetown. No Georgetown. There'd be a Walmart there. No premier. Is, George, is Georgetown Ivy League? No, nah, but it's up there. Yeah, it's up there. It's, it's up, up there. there. It ain't yeah, Ivy. No, no, no law school. No, none of that. Okay. None of it. Okay. Without the slaves. Without and, 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 and what they announced, you, you got you to, one thing, one thing you got to be careful to watch about white capital and about capitalists, they never real free to come up off some money, but they'll give you something that you think looks and feels like money. So what did they do? They said, well, we'll give like preferential treatment, right? To these, to these descendants of slaves that we sold to save our institution. So what happens? They should give him cut of the institution. Yeah, not, <laughs> not just, not just free tuition. Not just, but, but they shouldn't even give like, I mean, you're on fire tonight. They shouldn't even give. They should not even give. Like, well, we're going to give you. We're going to give you preferential treatment, or we're going to give you tuition. Give me some of the school. Yes, yes. I want a piece of this school because were it not for me, this school would not be a school. <laughs> give me the school. But guess what they did? Because people love to highlight diversity, and we're going to and and to try to make up for it. You make up for. See, keep this in mind, people. No matter what, you make up for what you did that took money out of our pockets by putting money in our pockets. <laughs> You don't make up for it by diversity or anything else. You make up for what you did to me by putting money in my pocket. Anything that's, anything that's other than that is not anything. So, so, here we go. Give it to him. Yep, you got this young lady who was descended, can prove, directly descended from a slave, but did she get any money to go to Georgetown? Absolutely not. She got some, so, uh, uh, basically kind of a preferential treatment. They were giving, we're going to, you want to let you come to Georgetown. So she wants to get, I think, a master's. Or something like that. And they had her mother at some kind of press conference and all this kind of stuff. And then she gets to the school and finds out, I can't afford it. This junk is high. Let me tell you the price tag of this thing that she's trying to do. It's $42,000 a semester. $42,000 a semester. And so now she's doing a GoFundMe. To raise the money. Now let's 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 go back. That person that you see is her the, the descendant of the slave that she descended from. One of the slaves that saved Georgetown. Now she's trying to go to school, and she said, "I really thought that there would be some kind of scholarship or 
monetary benefit to, oh, to this. That's, College is expensive. Georgetown is, but she ain't even trying to go to community college. Georgetown is expensive. She says, I thought there would be some something commensurate that came with this, but you don't know these people like I know these people. I could have told you when they came out with it that it wasn't going to be have no money attached to it because that's what they do. They give you something that looks like money and it ain't money. It's like monopoly money. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to let you come in and make sure that, you know, among all the people who apply or, 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 or for your space, whether it be continuing education, which I think is what she's doing or undergrad, we're going to make sure that you're in that number and we're going to give you, you're going to get in. Get in to do what is the question. And that's what we can't understand. Let me tell you something. I think that she should have a piece of, that inter- of, the piece of Georgetown, just like Irony said. But even if they said we're going to pay for your education at Georgetown, what I'm telling you also is that you have to ask yourself what comes after that. Okay, so I get a piece of Georgetown, I'm in Georgetown, or I get a piece of whatever Ivy League school that did something, or they get reparations. I get in there, and I get a, let's say she had gotten a scholarship. Let me ask you a question, black people. What happens after that? Are you just going to be the black person in the room who has the least among all these other white people? If you get a job. Are you going to be that person? But 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 let me. I, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm going too far. No, she needs more. I'm going too far. She needs a job. Georgetown hires a lot of people, administrators. Yeah. So you should get. What did you say get, about administrators? Arm? What did you well, say? No, you if, you're gonna, if you're going to do right by these descendants of slaves who saved your school, they should get um, tuition, living stipend, and it should be the employer of last resort. Which means mm. if you're done and you can't find a job anywhere else. We got you. If you can't find a job, I got a job at Georgetown. You get a job at Georgetown. They got a ton of administrators. I bet it's one of the bigger employers in D.C. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it should be like you get, you get tuition, you get, um, you get a living stipend, and if you're done and, and, and you can't find a job anywhere else. Then you, we, we, you fall back here. You fall back you here. You fall we'll back find, here. You can be an administrator doing something here. That's, that's, and, and I want to be, for them 272 I want a piece of that school. I want a piece of that school. That school got an endowment. I want a piece of that. I want tickets to all the things. I want tickets to all the things. I want some endowment. You got to pay me a, you got to pay me a, a, something like from a trust fund every month. Okay. That's not too much to ask. And then I don't even, I'm not even, I will go further than that. Cause we're going to talk about in this episode about reparations and what reparations could look like. Because everybody keeps talking about, well, reparations, I don't know how that's going to, we didn't, we're not slaves. And we didn't, I'm going to tell you. Have a conversation with you about why everybody who is downing reparations is just saying the stupidest stuff. But you need, and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say after she's after her it's all over. No, she gets a hundred percent. I think her kid gets seventy five percent of what she got. Right. So whatever trust fund money she got from Georgetown, the kid she gets seventy five. Because ain't no one generation gonna change nothing. Yeah. That don't, that doesn't change anything. You know that was a. If you go and look, I meant to bring the book in here with me when a, when a, when when, a, when you know when affirmative action was white. But if you look, if you look at the speech that LBJ gave at Howard University, I've spoken about this speech a number of times. I played it one time. Play it for yourself. One of the things that he said. One of the things that he said. In terms of the conversation that he had was specifically about how we deal, okay, 
it was specifically, I cannot remember what page is on, but it was specifically about how America had created a caste system for black people. We're not even talking about just racism. We're talking about a caste system where we're the underclass on the bottom. This was a president who said this. A president who frequently used the N-word. Okay? Now, can you see if you see the one on my, on my, on my desk? Listen, here's what I'm saying. I want, I'm all about numbers, right? And I talk, I talk about numbers all the time. Let me give you some numbers that I think will make sense for you. Affirmative action for black people got only four decades. And it wasn't only for black people. Black people and a whole lot of other people. Four decades is what it got. Affirmative action for black people got four decades. Okay? Affirmative action for black people. Read this book when affirmative action was white. It got four decades. It takes 20 years to climb out of, of stability to climb out of poverty. 20 years of stability to climb out of poverty. And that article's in there too. 20 years of stability to climb out of poverty. Now let me read something to you. Let me just read something to you. This is what your this is what one of your racist presidents said. I didn't say this. We had a very racist president named LBJ. He used the N-word like it was falling off his back. What I told remember what I told? I said this on a previous show. Y'all remember what I said on a previous show? I said LBJ told a black, he had a black butler. And the but, he asked the butler, what should I call you? Would you like me to call you by your name? Or would you like me to call you nigga? And the, the butler said, I would prefer you call me by my name. And LBJ told him, listen, all, that's all you gonna, ever going to be as a nigga? That's all you ever... He said, you should act like you a piece of furniture and let it roll off your back. Here's a white man who told this black man, you should act like you was a piece of furniture. And he was the one who said what I'm about to read to you right now. This is, this is from When Affirmative Action Was White. Read this book if you haven't. He said this. You do not wipe away the scars of centuries by saying, now you are free. Go where you want and do as you desire and choose leaders as you please. You do not take a person for years who has been hobbled by chains and liberate him, bring him up to the starting line of a race and say you are free to compete with all the others and still just believe that you have been completely fair. Thus, is it enough just to open the gate? Is it, is it not just enough? Thus, is it not just enough to open the gates of opportunity? All our citizens must have the ability to walk through those gates. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, the young woman who tried to go to Georgetown with no Georgetown money is here to tell you. We don't have what it takes to walk through those gates. We don't have enough. We don't have what it takes to be American in America. I keep saying that and I say stuff not because I just want to be repetitive. I say stuff because I want it to sink in. That's why I say everything I say. I want everything to sink in. I'm being repetitive intentionally. Because there are some people here right now who weren't here in October when I started. Who weren't here in November. Who weren't here in December. And I'm talking to you. Okay? Now, here's the thing I say. 40 years, like I said, of affirmative action. And it takes 20 years of stability to climb out of poverty. We, ain't had, we, we, we have not had the opportunity. 
Now we're gonna talk about reparations and what it could look like. That was a great article, not by, by Chuck, I think it was Chuck Collins. I think I'm gonna try to get him on the show if I can to have a conversation about this. But listen, after World War II, there was a public investment that America decided on as a country. America decided they were gonna that this country was gonna invest in people having home mortgages. America decided they were going to invest in people having, having free education, you know, debt-free college. But none of that included us. And before you say anything about, well, Yvette, that was a, but that was a long time ago or whatever, yes, okay. You have to understand what was also happening at that time. Let me tell you what was or, or in the 1900s. If you want to look up something which will help explain all of this to you, I want you to look up the term convict leasing. That was the process by which, because they couldn't have black people and slaves anymore, they said, well, we'll just take you, we'll make up a bunch of laws, and we'll take you, and we'll just make you work, and we won't have feed you. So that, that thing happened. And so you come forward and you have the government doing right by everybody. Hey, African-Americans been here a long time. They're doing right by Italians. They're doing right by Irish. They're doing right by everybody who comes here except for the people who came here as slaves and the people who came here. And there were other groups who came here after that. But the main group who gets shut out of all that free money, and that's what it is, these people got catapulted to the middle class because of what happened after World War II. After World War II, these people get catapulted to the middle class. During that time, we don't get any of that. Do you know what we got? We got, we got, we got, we got, we got, we got sharks. Well, what do you, Yvette, what do you mean by sharks? What are, you, what are you trying to say? Listen, I'm trying to be very clear to you. What we got during that time was what you call contract for deed mortgages. Contract for deed, Google that too. Contract for deed mortgages. What's a contract for deed? These are loan sharks, basically. Since we couldn't access the real mortgages, that left the whole hole open for all these other people to come in and say, since these black people can't access real mortgages, we're going to take advantage of them. We're going to give them mortgages, and if they miss one payment, we can take everything back. We can take it all back. So that left us in a space where we were not even positioned to amass any kind of wealth. We were not positioned to even keep our homes. There was no law designed to protect us in that scenario. There was no law designed to say, hey, you can't do that to these black people. So you, what you had... What you had is all these black people, and this, this is in another book, The Color of, if you want to see some, The Color of Law goes deeper into how even FDR, who did this stuff, he still cut us out. We were still cut out. Everybody cut us out. So what I'm saying in terms of all of that, we were the ones who got shut out. We're the ones who are still shut out. Okay. Now let me tell you, this was this was this was like a there was a period from like 1945 to 1975 
where white households got, and I'm reading this, I'm trying to find it, intergenerational transmission of advantage. Say that with me one time, friends. Intergenerational transmission of advantage. You don't make up interge- you don't make up intergenerational transmission of advantage without making up intergenerational transmission of disadvantage. Intergenerational transmission of advantage is the opposite of intergenerational transmission of disadvantage. That's what we have. We have them with the wealth and us with the poverty. Now, some people say, "Well, Yvette, we're not we're not we're not we're not slaves. Like that money should go to slaves. It's not my fault." Y'all should have gave it to the slaves, but you didn't. You didn't give nobody 40 acres. You didn't give nobody no mule. You didn't give nobody nothing. How was that my fault? See, this should have gone to the slaves, but it didn't. Because America has been, in terms of us, a con. A freaking con artist. And let me talk about, can I talk about your black president for one minute? Your first black president. Y'all love him, didn't you? Then you love that man? Find that clip I remember your first black president when he did the Holocaust thing. Your first black president, let me tell you. There is. There's a precedent for reparations. We're not trying to remake the wheel, people. It's not that complicated. Put it up. Yeah, put it up. Your, your first black president, as I've said before, gave reparations what I would call, but they said, well, it's not reparations. Look like it to me. <laughs> so Holocaust survivors, the Holocaust didn't happen here, but he gave reparations, right? So what I'm saying to you is that there is a basis. There is a foundation for us to get reparations in this country. There is a foundation for that. Let me tell you what your first black president should have really gone in hard with. He should have gone in hard with an apology to African Americans. That don't, you know, every time I talk to somebody, they say, well, Yvette, you know, I don't know, but maybe you don't understand politics, but, you know, Obama had a Republican Congress. That's not my problem. He, not my problem. Say it no. again, Iron. That's, That's, That's not, not my problem. That's not my problem. No. What you got as a citizen? That's not. That's one thing. That's one thing we need to do as political education. People don't know what's their role. Black people, Yvette's going to tell you what your role is. It's not what you think it is. You think your role is to think like a politician no. and try to get legislation passed no. and negotiate with the Republicans. No. Like, like I, I, I swear, to, I talk to black people on the street and they give me all of the excuses. For why, like, say, John Lewis can't get something passed. Or why we should leave, like, the CBC alone. Because it's very hard to be a legislator. And, like, I know what's realistic. And, what's pra- and like, the people on the street will tell me they know what's realistic and pragmatic. And they know what they can do. So, like, explain to them why they think that's their role and why that's not their role. I blame Meet the Press. Okay. I, blame- I mean, I have never had so many armchair prognosticators. Before Obama. Everybody talking about, well, you know what he can't do and we can't. That's not your role. (laughs) That's not your role. Your role is, number one, citizen. Citizens are worried about their life, their plight, their family. You worry about your ability to eat, your ability of your child to have a good life. 
Your ability of your family members to buy a house in a good neighborhood. Your justice claim. Yeah. Good justice claim. You worry about the pipeline to prison from school. You worry about mass incarceration. Those are things we worry about. We don't worry about what Obama's team needs to worry about. <laughs> Listen, he got a whole team. Every, Trump got a whole team. They got people to help them. Our job is to make demands. Do you think any of these other white organizations, whether it be the Tea Party or GLAD, do you think any can, of them? I don't know if Trump can do a wall. Maybe we shouldn't ask yeah, for that. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't ask for maybe a wall. No! soon ask for a wall. Don't I don't know. It might hurt the Latinos' feelings if we ask yeah, for I don't a wall. Yeah, I don't want to. Maybe, you know, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to be upset really nobody. To, Trump can only do that in his second term. Yeah. No! That's yeah. not how white people do politics. That's not how people with power do politics. <laughs> That's not how people with power. Anybody who understands power do politics. Do, do anybody watch? That's a problem. We've never known power. So, like, this is why. We, we got none. Yeah, this is. That's it. That's, it's a power. It's a power. Po- how People do we know like, I'm going to make my guy promise me a wall. God damn it. And I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And I'm going to let that my guy. guy. Or oh, he ain't my guy no more. I'm going to make my guy do it. Or oh, he ain't my guy no more. I'm going to find another guy. What? I mean, have you have anybody? Has any, have any of y'all? I know people don't like to watch stuff that they don't like. But have y'all gone to Ann Coulter's Twitter? She be going in on Trump something awful. Like, I'm not saying she, she supported him and everything, but she'll go, she'll give him a haircut so quick. And I'm just saying, why are we so, we, we didn't do that with Obama. Well, you know, he has a republic. He could have apologized for, and even with that, he could have apologized for slavery without that. Like, I, as a president, that sets a precedent because what you do when you apologize for slavery is you set a precedent for litigation. And litigation is what we want. Litigation is what we need. Get me in the courtroom and tell me how not paying me, how paying my ancestors zero wages affected me right now, right here. Get me in a courtroom and let me make that case. That's what Obama could have did. He didn't need a Republican Congress to do it. He needed a Democratic Congress to do it. He could have did it by himself, and he didn't. And y'all are running around here. I will unfriend you and block you if you have Obama on, as your Facebook picture. That's how bad I am. If Obama is your, is your profile pic, just don't try to friend me. I block you immediately because you obviously have some type of mental problem. We don't need to talk. Okay? So this is what we're looking at. We're looking at... Well, maybe we got this wrong, though. Maybe Glad was out there going, well, you know, we, don't, we could go for gay marriage. I ain't but- never seen... You ever seen Glad protest? I have. <laughs> it don't look like that. We, we don't want to offend the Christian right... So we have to make sure that we take their concerns seriously when no. we maybe no maybe I don't know about APAC but maybe they're like well you know before we ask for money for Israel maybe we should think about the Palestinian concerns. Uh-uh. No, that, that's I, think, I think they just bombed them in the smithereens. I think that's what happened. <laughs> I think so, they just I think that's what happened. They just, but they like just we we care about white feelings a lot. And we can't how, like, how, I don't Obama, understand. how does Obama affect white feelings, though? Like, Obama, you know, uh, he, I can't, he can't do it. And like, Oh, my God. He going to hook us up second. He going to hook us up during the second no. term. I heard that so many times. Obama <laughs> going to hook us up during his second term. Have, are you hooked up yet? That's not how this politics works. No, politics works by just pushing people and replacing them. Push Pushing the place. and replace. Push the place. And this push skin the color doesn't push matter. Place. This skin color doesn't matter. We push Kamala Harris until she and she doesn't deliver. Yeah, and replace. replace. I don't care. I don't care how. I don't care how attractive Obama thought you was, sweetheart. You got to go. <laughs> if you, you got, don't have our politics, and she has not articulated to me what she's going to do for black people. I've heard a lot about what you're going to do to immigrants. I've heard a lot about women. I've heard a lot of stuff on your Twitter about a lot of stuff, Kamala Harris. But I ain't heard a lot of stuff about what you're going to do for the descendants of slaves in this country. Won't you give me a black agenda? 
And don't tell me like some people do. Well, Yvette, there are black immigrants. That's not a black agenda. <laughs> Give me a black agenda. Well, maybe at this women march, they spent like all that time thinking, well, we know we have to make sure we're fair to the men and respect Thank their you. needs. <laughs> no, they're pushing for what they're pushing. And then they let the legislators like figure it out or they replace them. You know who apologized for something? Ronald Reagan apologized for the internment of Japanese people. Okay. That's an apology. I ain't got an apology. We ain't got that, that, we, that we really need for slavery, but he apologized for the internment of Japanese people. And guess what? Guess what that meant? 20,000 to 40,000, 20,000 to 80,000 per person. That's for an internment. Our people came from slaves. These people were just held for a while. I'm not saying it was right. Up to y'all, you said that was wrong. But these people were held for a while. We were chattel slaves, zero wages, killed and all that, and got, these people got paid. Okay, L- listen, 1.1 billion, then another was allotted for them, then another 400,000. These people got paid. How do you feel with people in your country? The, the Japanese got paid, the Holocaust victims got paid, all these people got paid, and black people, African Americans, descendants of chattel slaves, ain't got no check. Come on now. What are we doing? And y'all got on y'all got Joy Reid on here talking about Russia. And then they're talking about North Korea. You know what happened? You know what happened? Recently, I remember the last couple days. No. There were like a hundred shootings in Chicago. Oh yeah. Well. Like a hundred shootings in Chicago. And y'all wanna talk, you better not talk to me about Russia. You get your feelings hurt, you come talk to me about Russia. You got a hundred shootings, you got people killed in Chicago. You know why? Poverty. That's why. No, no jobs. Poverty. That's what happens when you don't have no jobs and you have poverty. Listen, look at that thing. For 60th year, Germany honors duty to pay Holocaust victims. For 60th year. God damn. When are you going to honor your, when it, America, when are you going to honor your duty to pay me? Look, we can do this. Black people, we can do this if we get our politics right. If we, if we take the power we have, and it's not economic power, it's power politically. If we organize and say, look, Democrats, you better get off my porch. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't voting for no, but let me tell you not something. Vote, I'm not voting. I will give this country over to Neanderthals, to the worst of the right wing, before I give it over to the Democratic Party if they're not going to do right by me. What did she say, Cesar, in, in Color Purple? Until you do right by me, mm-mm. you're not going to win another, for me, you're not going to win another election. Let the black vote go. Until you do right by me as Democratic Party, don't expect me to come out because the Republicans are awful. No, I'll let them have it all. And you know what? They'll respect us. Yeah, they'll respect us because then they look like us. we're simps. They'll like we just go us. along with the, the Democratic Party no matter what happens. And that's what we do. What's the world is wrong us. with us? You know, it's, it's very interesting. And that's why. You know, it's, it's funny to me, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. It's funny to me that these Holocaust survivors got their money. There are still living survivors of Black Wall Street who haven't gotten a check. And these people were alive while Obama was in office and he didn't give them a dime. If that's, listen, forget about all the other bad policy Obama did. If that's not enough for you to say, F this dude, then what is? These are living survivors of, of, a, of a white mob that just came in and said, we're going to destroy everything that you black people have built. And we're not going to give you anything to replace it. Because why? We're jealous. We're white and we have everything. 
But we jealous. We don't want what you, so whatever. So I'm just, you know, Germany has paid. Germany, we paying Holocaust survivors and the Holocaust didn't happen here. Germany has paid over 89 billion. Germany has paid over 89 billion to Holocaust survivors. Not only that, they have an education program to educate the people about what happened. Not only that, they have monuments everywhere about the Holocaust. We don't even get monuments. Let me tell you, America is so sick. We have monuments to people who enslaved people and no monuments for the people who were enslaved. That's how sick America is. That's who we are in this country. And so I give it up to the, um, I think it's the Equal Justice Institute. I hope I'm not getting the name wrong. But who has, they have actually pushed for us to have Holocaust, I mean not Holocaust, lynching monuments everywhere to the victims of lynching. I mean, did you know that there was somebody who was lynched? There was a black man who was lynched for raping a white woman and they lynched him so fast that they didn't find out till later there was a white man wearing blackface <laughs> who actually raped the woman. This is America. And I mean, I want us to get everything that's due, but let me tell you something. I, I remember saying this. I don't know how America ends well. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, we got to get it while we're here because we're here. We have no choice. They've taken it. And it's the height of income equality. But good God, you people, who would think in that era, this was like around 1919, to put black stuff on your face and rape a woman so, and then, so you can get a black man accused of? What kind of sick? And this is also, black people have been killed for lynch, for swimming in the wrong pools. There was a, um, there's a great book I read a while ago called 1919, The Year of Racial Violence. Um, I think that's the name of it. If you, if you get a chance to read that book, please check it out. It really, I mean, it talks about Ida B. Wells. It talks about a lot of stuff that I think we need to, you know, keep in, keep in the forefront of our minds. But this is, there's, a, there's something else about this reparations conversation in terms of the Holocaust that's important. Um, you know, I talked the other day about Jay-Z. And one of the things I said, one of the things he said is like the Jews have credit. And, you know, in his, the, the story of OJ or whatever. You know how Jews get everything they have credit. And I think in this context, you can see how moronic that is. The Jewish people who got, who, 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 were, who were in the Holocaust, they got money. They got, repar- they didn't just get credit, they got reparations, right? And they're also white. So for you to be saying, well, they got credit, you don't understand that these are white people who were never slaves in this country. I want you to find me another group of people like us. Find me another group of people that has been systematically, systematically oppressed in this country from redlining to convict leasing, from slavery to, 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 the, mortgage, to the mortgages. Right, I want you to find to, to to mass incarceration. Find me another group that's going through that, and then you can talk to me about 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 Jewish community. There is it's apples versus oranges. Don't talk to me about that. And those of you who are making this comparison don't understand what it is to be an underclass. There is no other group in this country that has been systematically disenfranchised like black people. None. We have a special place in this country, which means we should have a special incentive. We should be given special money, everything, to make care that we're okay. 
to make sure that we have what we need to be made whole. Because what happening right now, we don't have the money to access America. Let me let you understand. We're Americans in a country without the money to access America. So you can say, I want diversity. I don't care about diversity. You know what diversity means? Your kid gets to go to Stanford and sit next, sit next to a kid who has all the money amassed from oppressing your people. But to be clear, that's exactly the situation the sister was in at the beginning of the episode, right? Mm. She doesn't have money mm -mm. to access Georgetown. Nope. And can I tell you something? I went to Howard University. I didn't go to Georgetown, of course. But I've, I've, been, to, I've been around Georgetown. This sister don't have the money to afford Georgetown. <laughs> like, I've been to restaurants in Georgetown. God damn. It's, it's expensive. Like, Georgetown is expensive. You, you, so, so you get in a position where you don't have the money to access. You, I, I mentioned this before, but you don't have the money to be around, like, these, these people around Georgetown, they don't have no problem spending $200 on a meal and being like, I'll be back tomorrow night. What just like a you light as a feather when you can live like that. She don't have the money, so she's there, and she don't have the money to even like do what they do. Somebody said, "Shout out to M Street." <laughs> she don't even have the money to do what they do around that campus. So the best you can hope for is that eventually you're the black person in a room, but you're the which means you're the poorest person in the room, which means you still have to depend on white people doing right by you and maintaining you and keep you in the room. It's an awful existence. That is an awful existence. But that's what you've been relegated to because people have not done what they've done to make to take the corrective measures to make sure that African Americans in this country are whole. I don't know how you get around that. I don't know how you I mean I I don't know how you I don't know how you get around the fact that we never got reparations and there's a whole group of white people that got reparations. I don't know how you do it. Maybe you can, maybe somebody can tell me how they did it. You know what? And people say, well, my people never owned slaves. That's another reparations argument. My people never owned slaves. I don't care. You still get the advantage of whiteness. When you walk down the street, nobody says he looks like an ex-con. Or she looks like she on food stamps. Nobody ever says that. You know why? Because you're white. So you can reinvent yourself tomorrow and you'll be okay. I'm not saying you're going to be rich, but we got to stop comparing ourselves to the poorest of white people. Because there's a whole nother realm of white people besides that bottom five, six percent. Okay? Stop comparing ourselves to them because we're a whole race of people that's comparing ourselves to the bottom of one race. The whole of black people say, what about the bottom of white people? That's not how it works. And that's not how we should define ourselves. That's not how we should do any of this. Like I always say, that's not how any of this works. Freedom is an advantage. You don't come from chattel slaves. And I pay for stuff. And if you pay taxes, you pay for all kinds of stuff you don't like. Maybe you, don't, maybe you think we shouldn't bomb nowhere, but guess what? You're paying for bombs. Maybe you think we shouldn't give money to certain countries, but guess what? You're paying for it. You don't get the, you don't, it's not an a la carte menu. You don't get to decide what you're paying for. The country owes a debt, so you help pay that debt, period. That's how it works. Coming from people, coming from people who had a shot, coming from people who had a shot, 
Like your people had a shot because they white. They can mix in. <laughs> Coming from people who had a shot, that's an advantage. How do, how do you not see that? I could even say like, I, and I'm honest, I'm a light-skinned black woman. Coming from going, looking more like white people than darker black people is still an advantage. I'm not going to say that's not true. It is. Not being a black man is an advantage. Be honest about whatever advantage you have and white people have the best advantage. I don't even care if you poor. If you poor right now, watch this video smoking meth in your trailer, you still have an advantage. It just is what it is. Now get your teeth fixed and go in yeah. and get that job. Get- <laughs> That's just what it is. You know, it's not just slavery. It's Jim Crow. It's, it's everything. You know, the, the, let me see, the, wealth is, the wealthiest hundred billionaires in this country. We got about 500 billionaires. Really rich country. The wealthiest hundred billionaires have as much money as all African Americans. But the thing in the, in the, in the Chuck Collins piece um, and it's a QZ.com. If you go, if you got, if you get the newsletter, you've already gotten, you've already gotten this article. And it's, it's, it talks about what reparations would look like. And I'm going to talk about some of what he said and talk about some of what I think and some changes that I would make to, to what he said. And maybe eventually we can have a conversation. He calls for, um, a reparation trust fund by taxing the top 1%. Now, see, I would tax the top 20%. That's still not us. That's still not us. That ain't me. And 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 because you remember there was an MIT professor that came out and said like we're broken into two countries, <laughs> right? Like the top twenty percent of something of, of America and the rest of everybody. I'm topping the top twenty because y'all benefited. Y'all got family. Y'all got stuff snuck off in there. There's a whole lot of stuff going. It's not just top one percent. It's the top twenty percent. It's the people who work in in in, in DC as journalists who make one ten one twenty. It's all those people too. It's not just the top 1%. So for me, I wouldn't just have the reparations trust fund, the top, the top 1%. I tax top, the top 20%. And we need to t- start talking about wealth taxes too, not income. No, wealth, wealth taxes. Wealth where you get taxes. That, where you get that money from? Yeah, I want some of that stock money. I want some of that old Etna money, that, some of that old slave money. I want all that. Yeah, so like income isn't where the money is in America. There is ninety trillion dollars in private wealth. That's wealth. So income is actually not where the game is anymore. We need some. Income ain't been the game for a long time. Well, we made a lot of money in the 20th century, but like income's not what the game is right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah, like it it's ain't even wealth. like that no more. Like it's when you wealth. have a high income, I want some of that because. old money. I want some of that old money. He <laughs> says tax tax people who send money offshore. I don't have no problem with that. You know, but here's a, here's another tax I want. I want to tax. I want to tax companies that have less than 15 percent African American employees. Yeah, yeah. You get a tax. Where your black people at? It's, it's, it's called a where your black people at tax. You better hire some with you a quickness. Better, you better find some. And I don't even care if they ain't qualified. You better teach them. Because, you know, you, we think about inequality as just money. Inequality is also inequality in skill. Inequality in knowledge. Maybe they don't have it. You better put together a program. Private schools that don't have 15% black students. And Taxes. teachers. And teachers. And what? Now, what were you saying about that? Iron? All right, so a lot of people think that when you integrate an institution like a school or a business, it counts if you, like, now let black people come into your restaurant or now let black people come into your school. That's real integration. No, 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 no. 
Power is not in the consumption, it's in production. Say that again. Power is not in consumption, it's in production. So if you're going to integrate at school, that means you need to integrate the producers. That's the teachers, the administrators. Georgetown should be... That's why I'm saying that Georgetown needs to give jobs to those um, descendants of slaves. Make them administrators, make them professors, make them trustees. That's where the power is. So if you're integrating a school, you need to talk about integrating the school's administration and the teachers. If you're integrating a business, you need to talk about integrating that business's board of directors and their managers. Not just their customers, their board of directors and their managers. And if you're integrating like a neighborhood, you need to talk about integrating not just the people buying the house. You need to integrate the financiers. You need to integrate the real estate agents. You need to integrate the builders and construction companies. Um, yeah, any, anyone involved at the production level of that neighborhood, not just the people involved at the consumer level. So we don't even talk about integration right. Like, we need to get... So you said it's not just letting a few kids in Georgetown? It's not just letting... No, no, it's, it, we're talking about administrators because there are a lot of five, high five-figure, six-figure salary administrators in Georgetown who work at Georgetown, adjunct faculty, faculty, administrators, vice, provosts of something. No. Until all of those people are Negroes, or at least 15, 20% of them, then you're not an integrated institution. Mm. You integrate at the level of production. That means if you have a theater, you don't just integrate the actors, or the, 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 uh, you integrate the writers, the directors, the producers, the people behind the camera. So like, yeah. we need to talk about integration the right way, where the power is in terms of production. So that's why you get a lot of, because right now we get a lot of black faces on TV with white producers telling them what to say. And that's a problem. Joy Ann Reed's got a white boss. That's a problem. Like until she, she gets, she act like it too. Until she gets two or three black bosses, two or three, not just one, because you don't just want some lo- lonely Negro up there alone. Like, no, until she gets two or three I black said, bosses. Tell Joy Reed, get your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you better show for your people. The, um, yeah, until she has, if Melissa Harris Perry had two or three black bosses, there might still be a Melissa Harris Perry show. There might still be so a like, yeah, Sunday, yeah, right? <laughs> so, like, what you need when you integrate the media is not just black faces, like, at the superficial level, but at the production level. And that's what we should be calling for. Two or three of them, too. Not just one or two. Let me, let, what do you say to people, Ira? I'm just going to ask you this. Yeah. What do you say to people who be like, well, we should still just be segregated. We should have never did integration. People don't understand how much money is in these big institutions. Like, you just don't understand. Like, you don't understand how much... I got people now on here saying, like, what about we should have never done it? We should have never done integration. Well, like, how's your internet? You're on YouTube. <laughs> Until there's a black YouTube. You're on YouTube, people. You ain't got no black YouTube. Yeah, there's no but... black YouTube. You would not know about us without Charter or Comcast, which, as far as I know, is not a black-owned company. But... And here's the thing, separate but equal people ain't never been never equal. Been equal. You know what? If we were on a black YouTube, it would cut out. It'd be like <laughs> Yeah, because we come from slaves. It'd be buffering. And it's not because of any trust, they not because nothing is wrong with us. No, no. We come from slaves. They got all the money. So of course they got all the technology. It's not like, yeah. oh my God, you just get your YouTube together. Your black YouTube wrong. No, I ain't come from slaves. He got all the money. Right. They would have a licensing right. Like, no, 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 no. Charter, like, or Comcast, those are not black companies, but they're providing the means the that like get us get us to you. So instead of like pretending that we could do a black charter, we need to integrate charter. Integrate Comcast. Because we don't have the capital or the three generations of knowledge God, to start a Comcast today. No. We just don't. And why should we have to? We shouldn't have to. Why 
what should we have? We to have an start SEC our, like, that like, should we be can pressuring. Start Why should I have to start my own podcast? How are we gonna? Pump. How are we gonna? You gotta dig those pipes. Dig the. <laughs> Dig the trenches, put down the pile line. You gonna launch a satellite with your water balloon launcher? No, 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 no. Comcast has had like generations. We laid, but we laid the foundation as African Americans in the country for Comcast to be possible. Yes, that's what we did. So we should get that. We own it. We should get twenty percent of their board. Not yeah, fifteen. Something like that. Give me twenty percent of Comcast board. I can make a mess. <laughs> I have so many Negroes walking around in there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you're looking at. Because let's everybody talk. let it. Be. <laughs> and this is one thing we were talking about before. They con us into thinking we can do more than we can do with what yeah. we have, especially when we don't have as much money. Like, don't have as much money. We, like people don't understand. We just got free, like in the 1940s, like physically free. Convict <laughs> leasing, slavery by another name. Go watch it. We 1940s. It's only 2017. Right. So we need to talk about getting some of that old established money that's gotten here because of one, black labor in the cotton economy, two, because of all the government subsidies and like grants through universities that went to develop the technology that now allows like Comcast to happen. So like we just need a cut of that at the production level. Give me 20% of Comcast board. Give me 20% of Charter's board. I've said this before, but I'm going to keep saying it. I want a hierarchy. Yeah. African Americans need to be first. In terms of your affirmative action, I want a robust affirmative action. Well, African Americans are number one in terms of priority right. because we've done more to build this country. I don't care. I don't want to hear from it. I'm not saying you can't have two, three, four, five, or six. And everybody can fight for number two, three, four, five, or six. six. But number one on this list of the hierarchy in terms of hiring right. should be for African Americans. Right. Now, now, CNN is based in Atlanta. They should be 20%. Yep. The board should be 20% black people. They've been purging Negroes, though. No, yeah, I know, but the board. The board, and not the people you see on the, 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 the face, the board, the producers, 20% black people. That's what an integrated CNN would look like. Yeah. Not I just agree. like Negroes. Not just like not just Don Lemon. Screen. Yeah. Well, that's how Don Lemon could, well, he won't because he's a, he's, he he's likes to lick the it. boots. But, the, the, but that's how people, that's how you get purging of black people from CNN because there's nobody up there. There's nobody up there. Who's, 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 who's vouching for you. I want to look up there if I'm black and at CNN and see like, Seven Negroes I could go to for help. One of them will get my back. Not just one. I want seven. I want to be able to pick which Negro is going to get my back. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. Yep. So um, that's what real integration would look like. That's what real integration looks like. Okay. That's what real... Let me tell you something else. Level of production. Level of production. Level of production. And, and you know... And that's what, something Ivory said that kind of got lost is, is really important. You don't measure a community by consumption. You measure it by production. That's why the people who keep telling us that we have one point whatever trillion in buying power, that's not how you measure who you are as a community. That's how you, that's, how, that's, that's something very different. Consumption is not how you measure your wealth or your power. What are you producing? Tell me about your factories and everything else. And let's be honest right now, we don't have the capital to produce. No. So we need to get Because 20%. we got paid zero dollars. And then dollars. even after we got paid, let me tell you, let me tell, can I tell you a story? I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I left my Kindle, but whatever. And it, Amazon made me buy it. So anyway, I left it. But I'm going to tell you a story of there were four black brothers. They were, they were, they were, they were the Johnston brothers. One was like a dentist. 
one was like a, a, a businessman and two, one owned like a, one owned like a car dealership, like four of them, but they were all business people. They went to this town somewhere in the South. I can't remember exactly where they were going to go squirrel hunting. So they got some guns. They were going to go squirrel hunting. So they got some guns. Somebody called and said, these Negroes got a bunch of guns. Now, when they heard and started and started looking for them, now when they heard they got the Johnson, but they got rid of the guns and tried to get out of there. A mob caught up with them, and from what I remember, they killed all of them. Okay, that's black business because black business was not protected by black politics. There was no law that this white mob was was bound to respect, and that's in the book 1919. We're looking for the stories in that book 1919. Okay, the year of racial violence. That's where we are in terms of this country. And in terms of reparations, it cannot include people who just came here voluntarily. Like if you came here five years ago, six years, whatever, you can't come here and be like, I'm black and I get rep. No, 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 no. You came here voluntarily. So what you get to do is pay for reparations. Now, if somebody want to talk to me, you could talk to me about a lot of stuff. But you get to pay, like, we need to be able to trace some ancestor back to something, to a descendant of slaves somewhere. Somewhere. Okay? I'm not even saying, if people push me hard enough, I would say, well, if you came during Garvey's time or something, I, w- I might be willing to negotiate. I'm not above, I'm not above negotiate. I'll negotiate. I'll give you something because you may have you you may have dealt with Jim Crow or whatever. I, I'm not saying I won't negotiate. I'm I'm an open-minded person. Yeah. All right, so you know, Craig Craig Bardo has actually said something good. The people we integrate at the level of production, if they're black, they need to be schooled in black politics. And and this is something I didn't mention before. When I talk about we need to integrate at the level of production, that's also the production of ideas. Right? We can't just have Black people spitting out white talking points. We need. That's what Joy Reid do every day. I know that's a problem though. That's what she's hired to screw up black politics. We need Yvette deciding what's on the curriculum because I have. I suspect you have some ideas. I do about what we should be. You know, we are miseducating both black people and white people. You can help white people with their education. On the curriculum. Listen, in terms of reparations, like that's on my list. Right, like we could get every school. Every you need school. to be taught everything. Like all this stuff I talk about, what affirmative action was right, all this stuff that I'm like, that needs to be taught in the elementary beginning. Yes. yes. Part of the reason we got so many of these white supremacists and right wingers and crazy is because nobody taught them. Okay, and I'm not saying, but like, well, listen, part of the problem that we have. And that's a, there's a reason why all these people keep trying to take back education. Yeah, the right knows this. Yeah, there's a reason why they try to take back curriculum and say slaves were happy. That's what they said in one, in one book. I think it was either Texas or Louisiana where the slaves lived a good life. There's a reason why they want to take back the curriculum because curriculum matters. Your political education matters. I want to teach people what really happened. Teach these white kids before they get to be. Before they get to be little. Before they... Teach them why they're little races and we can get it out of them. Right, we're not going to get them out of all of them, no. but we can get enough. We only enough. Need... I want improvement. I'm talking about better. We need an, We only need enough. Look, to pass policy now in the United States, you only need like 35 percent of white people. Like you don't need them all. You just need. You can tell the other. You can tell 40 percent of them to kick rocks. You don't need that many. And the 
the fact of white ignorance around race relations is a problem because we don't fight the curricular wars. We don't fight Because that's not a sexy war. They just want you to go... Some people just want you to go file LLC paperwork. Like, it's going to fix everything. Somebody asked a question. I'm what you think of Nina Turner. Uh, Nina, Nina Turner. Turner. All right, so Nina Turner, I've seen her speak a few times. I got a picture with her. I think she needs to come out with an agenda. I'm tired. I've, like, she gives a very charismatic speech. I need her to come out pushing policy. She doesn't do it. Mm. I need her to come out uh, pushing policy. And I've seen her speak a few times. Like I said, I got a picture with her. Like, I, I need her. I need, it's time. Mm. It's time now, Nina. I need you to start pushing. Miss <laughs> Turner, Miss Turner. All right, it's time now, Miss Turner. I need you to start pushing policy. Okay. I need it because there's nothing substantive. Like, never. I've heard, like, some fiery rhetoric, some decently fiery rhetoric, and some charisma, but not pushing policy. She's not talking about getting black people contracts. She's not talking about getting black people jobs in the world. You way. people leave my soda alone. I don't normally drink soda. You just, I just, just <laughs> one happened one day, I was stressed. And so when I'm stressed, I, was, I crave sugar and fat. That's, what, that's the way this country built me. Leave my, leave my soda alone. But no, I want I want to say something else. Now these are just we talked about. One of the things we talked about was 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 education. That's part of reparations, though. Like part of reparations is also getting those structures up that honor the victimized people, as opposed to just honoring these people who were the victimizers in terms of the Confederacy, honor the people who were lynched, right? So that's part of it. Another part of it for me is 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 is. And we've talked about this before. I mean, I want HBCUs to be 100% endowed by the government. That's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. I want African Americans to have free education. Now, what I will do is this. This is what I will do. I will say first generation, you know, I will say we get free education. We're the first ones who come with, with reparations. When the reparations comes out, we get free. Our kids can get 75% free, Okay. And we can decide how it goes down the line from there from generation to generation. That's what we are. Mind you, you know, white people retire with over $100,000 in the bank. We retire with $19,000. That's not an individual failure. That's a systemic failure. What else do I want? I want, I want these, these, these people who donate, who, like these venture capitalists or whatever, I want them to have some type of tax incentive. For funding black businesses. There has to be, because people aren't going to do anything unless they're incentivized. That's just how it works. Or penalized. Or penalized. Yeah. Incentivized or penalized. That's how it works. I want a law. I want law. I like quotas. Okay. I like quotas. I want a law requiring quotas. Give me this many black people, this percentage of black people at the company. I don't care how you do it. You figure it out. If you don't have enough qualified black people, then you need to go work with the local universities to make that happen. Maybe y'all need some scholarships. Maybe y'all need some more courses. Courses, make it happen. Whenever you're ready. Talking about soda. Leave me alone. People harass me. (laughs) That's all I'm talking about. What's going on, Antonio? Nothing much. I'm listening to the show, driving here in Southern, Southern California, and I just wanted to uh, probably come in, drop a little, drop a little knowledge on, uh, on the show. Really love the, the uh, topic today, but I wanted to start off. With, you know, you said white people should get reparations. They should repair them. They ain't been broken. And I think one of the things that we're seeing is that black people don't know that we are broken record, mm-hmm. and it's not our fault. It's just fundamentally. 
we were slaves in this country, not to individuals, but to a system. Mm. We were slaves to white. Mm. And because we used the word black and white, we created a dynamic, and I call it the Hatfield-McCoy syndrome, where we had a little bit or some, and they had most, and we had this war that never happened. And we just lost that war. But none of that happened. And I think for a lot of us, what, what, what's happening right now is that uh, we like to compare ourselves to, to white wealth in a way that allows us to have a self-confidence that doesn't match any sense of reality about the wealth level. Mm-hmm. You know, Ernie said 90 trillion earlier. I mean, we got to bump that shit up. It's 94 trillion. And why do you got 90% of it? And I think that for $94 trillion for the household wealth, and white people have 90% of it. So what we believe is that we sit our kids in a diverse, quote-unquote, school, which is a school that isn't black. Let's just call it what it is. Get my kids away from other black kids. And then what's going to happen is my kids got a better chance. But you sit them there broke and with you as a parent. Mm. <laughs> and I don't mean that in any rude way about you, but I'm just saying in a sense, hear me, let's talk. Like, if, if any parent starts to get out it, like, if, if, if your kid, hear me, goes to school with Steve Wynn's kid, the guy that owns the hotels in Las Vegas, I don't think Steve Wynn wants his kids fucking with your kids. <laughs> and, like, I think that we get to a point, we get to a point where we believe in this, in this spectacular uh, family where he'll see the potential in your kids and maybe marry her. And none of it works that way. Now what's interesting though, I will tell you this is about what you guys said about whiteness earlier, because we don't have an aristocracy here. So what has happened is that is that is that white normal has been able to melt itself into white, I guess you could say upper percent, in a way that blackness can't. So you can be this everyday white girl from Fort Bell, Iowa, and somehow go to UCLA and meet somebody who's there as a major producer in Hollywood and move right on up. That's true. But black people can't do that. No. You know, it's, it's a very, it's a very trippy thing. And I kind of, there's a couple of points I just wanted to hear. One of the biggest losers of affirmative action has been black men. We sit at a point where one in three black men have been incarcerated. We don't even understand. You're not supposed to go to jail in a society. Like, let you, like, stab somebody in the eye. You're not supposed to go to jail. One in three black men have been incarcerated. Half of the ones that are out, they're working age, ain't got a job. And somehow, black women are a double minority. The problem is that we're seeing black men, like, as if they have similar advantages or near the same advantages as white men, and it's destroying our race. Yeah. Well, at the same time, white women who live with white white men and inherit white wealth are seen as on par. It's not, it's not right next to black women in terms of disadvantage when it comes to affirmative action. Mm. We got to remember that when we talk about this wealth thing, this Georgetown wealth thing, let's not trivialize it and, and just talk about it in the sense of what the slaves should get paid. Because the slaves were payment. You know, it's mm. like... That the death, it's funny because sometimes I feel like Neo when it comes to this, this wealth thing, I see it as zeros and ones. And I think we tend to want to like rationalize it down to something we can understand. But when we do that, we just, we trivialize what we just experienced. Because this wealth thing has dimension to it. The slaves were current and they were worth more than all the railroads, than all the land, 
They were worth more than everything combined. Mm -hmm. You can't give that back. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that I see, even hearing you guys talk, and this is a, you know, my mind is kind of scattered at this point because I've had a chance to talk to too many people. You know, I'm going to talk to Rick from about the Delta, to Marvin about Comcast. And I'm not talking about like in the passing one dinner kind of thing. And I think that when I hear you guys talk about like abstract concepts, I love the ideas. But in the end, what it's saying is we can't be in America because we got to make America something else. Byron was suing for a channel, not a cable line, a channel. Just give me number 1,000. You know how they got a thousand channels, and you just give me the one at the bottom, seven sixty-eight. <laughs> I got that one blacked out. Just give me that one. And they said no, meeting for you. And I think that we don't understand how blackness changed us to what you call the caste system, because we live in a country that has taken Jay Z, uh, a guy that didn't better than Michael, and allowed him to make Republican talking point to us, rap and hip hop. Mm. Jay-Z is a borderline Republican. Let's just call it what it is. He's a Republican. Like, you know, pull your bootstraps up, do it for yourself, you your own problem. He's a Republican. Wrapped in hip-hop. And I think for us, what, what's happening is that because we're not having these discussions, we don't understand where the where, where the dead bodies are. When I say that, I mean the money line. Thomas Shapiro, I interviewed him, author of Black Walk, White Walk. Check it out on my channel, Teleton. He said in one of his discussions I read, and, and excuse me if I'm a little off on this, but, but he said a quarter of white homes can be traced back, something like a quarter of white homes in this country can be traced back to the land grab. When they got the land grabs and all that, they can trace the, the, the wealth back, a quarter of the home. You can't make that up now. No. And it's a trip because me and you, both end up in a place where people ask us for solutions, and what they're asking us to solve is the failures of America. That's not our job. Mm. You first got to, so my, my thing is we first got to understand the, the reality of the depth of these failures that America has done. Because right now, black America believes that we can get wealthy through osmosis. You know, you send your kid to that good school over there, and then what ends up happening is that they get, they get wealthy by being next to white people that are just, you know, nice. Mm. I don't know how any of that works, but that's what we think. <laughs> so I just want you know to kind of make sure you know I want to kind of chime in and, and just say that, and we just need to we just need to wake up. We need to understand that that reparations is a repair from a legacy of poverty, and you know right now I don't think we understand that half our race isn't worth a dollar when you combine them. That's All not, right, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, Antonio. That's not an overstatement, is it? No, no. And somebody say, is Republicanism bad? I'm not saying Republicanism is bad at all, but you can't be talking about how bad Republicans are and then go, then go love Jay-Z. It's the same stuff. How you going to go around talking about how awful? Oh, my God, I hate Trump. I hated George Bush. But you love Jay-Z? It's the same thing. Like, you, you just, you're just not consistent in terms of your ideology. Understand your ideology. Yeah, look, Jay-Z's telling me you don't need government, telling, pe telling black people you don't need government, you just need to hustle better. Yeah, and that's that's bullshit. That's Republican. Like, I mean, that's and, 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 and let me just say, like, somebody said, is Republican bad? Let, let me just say this. There was a time we, 
as bad as Nixon was and all that stuff, we got some stuff. Like, like you know, like he did all that stuff. Then he did, with the, like, that's what they do. They take with one hand and give to the other. So he gives us, does something small. And then he starts a whole drug war. <laughs> well, not start. It started before him. Started way before him. There's a great podcast on it I'll bring in sometime. Started way. But he, he basically uses the drug war to kind of neutralize white activists and the entire black community. So... What I'm saying, though, is that we should not be beholden to any party. I think we should have an agenda. And I think whatever party is best at meeting that agenda, we should throw our vote behind. I'm not saying that you can't throw your ever throw. There will never be an occasion where you can throw your vote behind Republicans. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying that this is a conservative ideological um, perspective. And if you if you don't, you don't come out against the Tea Party and all that stuff, and then you'll love Jay-Z without understanding that Jay-Z is the Tea Party. It's the same rhetoric. So Antonio said something actually pretty interesting about how much wealth can be traced back to the land grab, the Homestead Act, stuff like that, the white land grab. We just, we just gave white people land. They said, black people, you don't get 40 acres or a mule. White people, you can get all of Iowa. <laughs> pretty much. That's what the land grabs were. Um, but it's not just those land grabs. They also gave white people land-grant institutions so that they learned how to do, how to farm. And they gave them grants. Yeah, gave like you it, knowledge. Like it was not it was just a whole cultural institutions. But at the same time, mind you, at the same time, they were bombing the heck out of Black Wall Street. Yeah. Like, so, like, our cultural institutions were being terrorized at the same time we were supporting. Yeah, really. I mean, I'm right here at UGA, the University of Georgia, one of the oldest, I think might be the oldest land-grant institution in in the United States. Um, It got integrated, like, last week. No, it got integrated in 1961, which means for the first 200 years, it was just teaching white people how to do things with taxpayer dollars. That's the largest, like, that's the the greatest, uh, the, the oldest land-grant institution in the United States. And then it just got integrated in 1961. And honestly, if we're talking about real integration at the level I was talking about before, about not just like a handful of students, but faculty, administration, it's still not integrated. Because if you're not integrating it, and curriculum, getting black people to decide what should be at, taught at the largest land-grant institution, that should be part of integration. You integrate the ideas because that's part of production. Mm. And let me just let me just say this. I'm just before we go to the phones. I'm just gonna end with this. In America, America, when you encounter someone in business and in life, what you all do together has to be an exchange, right? You have to have leverage. They have to have leverage. You have to have money. They have to have money. You have to have social capital. They have to have social capital. But what has happened is that America has put us into a position as African Americans that we're begging and we're beggars. And we did nothing to bring that up on ourselves. But this is what America has done to us by enslaving us and without giving us adequate recompense. 40 years of black affirmative action ain't it. This is what America has done to us. Everybody else can exchange. But we're put in a position to beg from everyone else. Well, can you give me diversity? Can you give me maybe a job? Can you give me this? Because we have nothing to barter because of where we were and what position we were put into when other people were gaining wealth and expertise. That's the deal. 
Political power is all we got. And that's the one thing that black capitalists are telling you not to exercise. Right. And that's the one thing they want to take away from us. That's, that's where white money, white money lets BET exist. White money lets, in some way, the NAACP Image Awards exist. White money lets Shonda Rhimes exist. Yep. The only way, the only reason why no white reason. money lets through YouTube lets us exist is they, they might not have found out about us yet. But, <laughs> um, because black politics is where we actually have power. We could raise hell if we got our politics right. If we, if we stop forgiving, like, that's why when, like, white supremacists shoot up a black church, they get, the media gets black people, like, forgiven them Im- immediately. Because if we actually got you our black politics say. around that immediately, like, we would... Yeah, there would, would be a problem. There if would we be got, a problem. If we got black politics involved, there would be a the minute problem. this shooting happened, black people who are good at black politics, let's move, let's go, let's get this done, let's get this law passed, let's do this, let's come, it would be a problem. problem. So they need pastors out there forgiving them. Yeah, and these ain't listen. I was, I found, I listen. We gotta stop thinking that the only church is the church of forgiveness. Right. There is a history of black radicalism in the church that has been hid from us. There is a history of black pastors getting involved in and in, in radical politics that has been buried from us. This prosperity gospel ain't your gospel. That don't mean you can't be involved in gospel. You can't have a church. That just ain't your church. And it put me off, too, until I realized, okay, wait a minute. You can name names. Who's doing it right? Dr. Kevin Collins doing it right. What's the difference? Love what he doing. Ain't got kids in school ain't got no student debt. Where you see that at? <laughs> Where so, you see that at? And so, teaching people about black politics while we do all this other stuff. Come on, man. That's what we need. I'm not. Listen, I'm not a person who says. Get rid of the black church. The reason for somebody said F the black church, that's because the, the black church that we see most often is garbage. I just saw somebody's son retire from a church. Well, you know who I'm talking about, Mr. Price. Because he was being negligent in some kind of way with whatever. I don't know what was going on. I did not research enough to know. But that's what we see all the time. We see those prosperity preachers. So we don't know that there's something else going on in some sects, some areas of the black church. And, and name, name the name again. This guy's doing good work. No, Dr. Kevin Cosby. I've talked about him before. Like, what's going on at, at, at his school? What's going on at his church? That's what you want to see at That's churches. That's what you want to see. You want to see people understanding politics. I went there for a forum to talk about politics. Right. I don't but, see that very often. Well, but. look, when, it, when I read in a good book that you're supposed to love thy neighbor... And in this world, loving that neighbor looks like getting justice for your neighbor. Yeah, like how you going to love me as a neighbor, my dear white Christians, if you cannot love me enough to make me whole oh, financially for yes. what happened to my ancestors? That's a part of your Christianity. You have to embrace it. That's what part of loving me means. When I went there, when I went to the church, when I went to St. Stephen, I heard a pastor preach a great, very good sermon. He said something that blew my mind. He said, listen. Justice is in the Bible more than love. I didn't know that. I never knew that. Justice, do you mean that? Wait a minute. We own to something. Biblically, we own to something. So we're going to go to the phones. We're going to go to the phones um, and, and let y'all have y'all say about everything that's happening and everything that's going on and what you've seen. And I want to hear from you. Keep it concise, my friends. Please keep it concise. I haven't put the number up, but there are people on. Should I, should I, should I clear up, the lawns? We're going to try to move through them pretty fast. Clear we the can. lines. Or, okay, all right. How 
come y'all felt the line time we get on? They can't know these new people want to get on. They want to. They got something to say. All right, let's let's go. Let's go, Aaron. Right, go. that 
we could rise to a point of political power to demand our reparations, but probability is very low probability that that will ever happen. When you look at the U.S. government debt of over $19 trillion, and when you guys were talking about taxing anywhere between the 1% to the top 20% to make it happen, that is a very low probability in our society that anyone will vote to say, yes, I'm willing to pay additional taxes for African Americans to get what they do truly do deserve, but it's not going to happen when you look at the three biggest part of the U.S. debt is Medicare and Medicaid, Social Security, and defense spending. I don't see how that even if we were to increase our political power, we don't have the strength of capital to force our will and make something that we truly do deserve happen in this society. All right. Thank you, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Let me just say one thing. Thank you. I'm sure when black people were being hung from trees that somebody said, you know what, I don't think it's probable. White people got all the money. They're never going to stop hanging us. They're never going to stop. You just you just better be the best black person you can be because they are the majority and they have all the money and they're never going to stop hanging us from trees because that's what they want to do and they can inflict their will at any moment. I am sure there was a lot of black people who thought that way. Doing, you know, we had the we had the banking bailout. We had the wall. None of these people were thinking, right? None of these people were thinking about what was probable or improbable. They wanted a wall. They want their will. Listen, you don't get to be a political prognosticator. <laughs> the only thing you get to do as a black person in this country is fight for stuff that's important for you and your tribe. To make you whole. There are a lot of people to make you whole. There are a lot of people who died. You talk about, we talk about slavery and lynching and reconstruction. There were periods in between that where people who were involved in that died because it was improbable, if not impossible. Can you imagine being a slave and seeing people with all this money and all this power and thinking that you were going to do something? People had to think you were insane. To think that you were going to be free. Be free? You better go get master's cake. You better go, you better go pick that cotton. What you mean be free? But what I'm telling you, is that the duty that you have in terms of the ancestors that you had is to continue that fight. That's your duty. Don't be no punk. Listen, we had the bailout. We had the Mexico wall. We had the auto bailout, the banking bailout. You had, do you think they were worried about U.S. debt? I don't care about U.S. debt. Print some more money. That's what Trump said. Trump said, what do you mean debt? We print money. And like, you know, I've read other books. He wasn't actually wrong. Like... Like we the U.S. dollar is strong. Quantitative we, easing was just that. Yeah. It just wasn't directed at black people. So they have money for everyone else is what you're telling me. But like, you think, you think uh, Halliburton or McDonnell Douglas or Boeing is like, we can't ask for a new jet. Because yeah, it's just too much. It's too have, much. We have you worry looked about at the, the budget lately? Have you read that? We can't ask for a new jet. I don't want that drone. We could do with the... We, we don't, we'll skip the next generation of drones because we got to worry about the debt. No! Nobody else worries about that junk. Because <laughs> they're nothing but junk anyway. Who cares? Like, who's the... Listen, every, anybody, 
anybody and everybody should be willing to take a haircut for us. For us. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care whether you're defense industry. I don't care whether you're some other propped up industry and ag. I don't care what you are. You need banking. I take a haircut. I don't give. I don't Let's care. There are a lot of farming subsidies that go to the farmers who got free land from the Homestead Act and all still that. Still getting free money. You want to talk about where there's a debt? No, 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 no. We want, you don't got care. I know. So you. So we're giving them land, and now we're giving them subsidies, not the farmers. Land, so, but we sit around. Well, you know, there's a debt, and this yeah. is improbable. I, I have care never if it's heard improbable. a farmer saying, "Well, maybe I should miss my subsidy this yeah, year." Yeah, because, because you know the there's debt. a debt. No, I, there's I don't need. I don't need my subsidies. My, maybe that program that gives me my money, they should just end it because you know there's a debt. No. I care about no debt. Better get out <laughs> my. I, I can tell you about the debt. It's my debt. Yeah, the people. A lot of people think that national um, debt works like a personal pocketbook. It, it just doesn't. Like, I can show you the sources. It doesn't. It's a different logic. All right. Next caller. Crazy. Dick. You got to worry about all these things. No, that's not my problem. Worry, worry about yourself and your people. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. So, um, I kind of missed Monday. Um, I actually wanted to comment on the Jay-Z kind of debacle. And, and you actually touched on it. I'm kind of jealous you touched on it today about, like, that black Republican mindset, and I don't, I don't know Jay Z is necessarily a black Republican, and there wouldn't necessarily be anything wrong with that if he was. But something I find is that a lot of our black elites, they're not really for black power per se, as in they're for like white acceptance. And I think they get embarrassed when they see black people act a certain way or dress a certain way or speak a certain way, and so like a lot of their things are like you niggas are embarrassing us. Like, and so what I'm hearing from Daisy is that. And so what he's, the way he's talking about us spending money and, and, and building businesses like the Jews did, not understanding the Jews weren't persecuted in America the way black people have been. And so they, they are allowed to move in society in a certain way, not to mention Jews are white passing. So they're allowed to move in society in a certain way that black people are just not allowed mm-hmm. to move in. And I think that's something that people like him People like Barack, you know, like Oprah, they don't ever really think about that. Like Jews are like passing. Stop comparing us to Jews and white Latinos and non-threatening looking Asians. Like these people <laughs> are not seen in the same light as we are. And they're allowed to move into society and comport themselves in the society in a way that we're not allowed to, you know. And, and you know, even his, his the way he went at certain other entertainers, um, about showing off their money as if Jay-Z isn't like the face of show off. Yeah! You know? Like, you know, so these are things that, that, that I just wanted to, you know, kind of put out there, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That goes way back to him and Jermaine Dupree with money and a thing. It goes back further than that. Come on, man. What'd you say, Aaron, about not, black, not, not for black power? No, I thought that was a really interesting point. A lot of our black leaders, so-called leaders, are not really for black power, but they're for white seconds. That's Joanne Reed to me. She wants, like, yeah. like she's, not, she's not like advocating for black people. She just wants the right hand to be at the white hand. That yeah. might be, actually, is that what the whole show Scandal is about? I think so. Getting black people to be happy with white seconds. Well, yeah, and to be, and to be, getting black people to be happy to be the hand of empire. Like I said last week, when I talk about immigration, I'm talking about the re. What are you going to do about immigration? I want to stop America from meddling in other countries in a way that 
destabilizes destabilizes them and forces them to like flee to here and that where they can where they can become cheap labor. Like scandal has like a black woman at the hand of empire, a servant of empire. Why would I want to watch that? Yeah. Why would you watch someone like Lovey who just promotes that? Don't you think that's kind of coincidental? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, no. We're not. We're not here for white scraps. That's not. That's not what black power is. Yep. We go. I don't want to. I want. We, black power is not white scraps. Put that on a t-shirt. Black, black power, power is, is not, not white, white scraps. scraps. We we need to. I want my twenty percent of the steak. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your leftovers. Give me some of that Georgetown. <laughs> Give me some of that. No, really. I want to like, give me some of that Georgetown. Let me move my mama. In. Like, no, that's like, I want 20% of the steak. I don't want your leftovers after you chewed up all the good parts. I want. <laughs> after you chewed up all the good parts. No, I want, I want, I want 20% of the steak. I want 20% of the chicken. I would say, after you chewed, <laughs> that was funny. After you chewed up all the good parts. Yeah, that's what steaks. happens. Like a gristle, like old chicken gristle. Yeah. You just chewed it up and now you're going to spit it out at me. You would go on somewhere. But some people are happy with the scraps. That's just not what our black politics should be about. No. We deserve our cut of the steak of the prime rib. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Right. Let's go get to the next car. Hello? Hey. Hello? Yes. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I have two for I, I have two points I want to make. Um, first, uh, I love the show. Thank you. I watch it. You know, I've been watching it for the past couple of weeks now. But my first point is when you're talking about like wealth and power and you know having privilege. Um, so my grandfather in like the seventies, uh, he had been working for this company, for this Jewish company, you know, that could be that for about ten, fifteen years. And he had developed a really good relationship with the with the manager of the company, and he had saved up. He wanted to buy this house. Now, this house only cost $15,000. This is roughly around like 1975 or something like that. And so he had saved $10,000 in cash, and he wanted to go buy this house. So he went to the bank to go apply for a loan to get the rest of $5,000 loan for the house. And the bank denied him. Mm. So, you know, he was kind of upset about it, but he just kind of let it go. But he went back to work, and because he had such a good relationship with his, or his you know, his boss, he said, the boss asked him, hey, you know, how you, how did you, you know, I know you was going up top of the loan for the house, but they give you the loan, how's it going, you know, you have to move the house. So my grandfather explained to them what they told him at the bank, they really won't give him the $5,000 loan for the house. So his, his employer called the bank and told him that if they don't give my grandfather the loan for this house, then he was going to take every single dollar out of that bank and take it to somewhere else. Do you know they had proof him for that house that same day? Like, that's the type of privilege and, like, wealth that those, like, people have to be able to, to do something like that. And if that man had a not called and did that, like, my grandfather wouldn't have been able to get that house. No. It, it, just, it just makes me so angry when people just imagine like we can just pull ourselves up and just do these things. Like, we don't have that type of power to be able to demand stuff like that with these other groups of people are able to do. It just, it just angers me so much when I hear people talk about that type of stuff. So that's all I have to say. No, it's thank you. Thank you, Carla. See what happened? That's power. That's Jesus privilege. Nice. That's social capital. Call for her granddad and said, listen, if you don't get in that loan, we were drawing every dollar out of the bank. And the bank was like, shit. We gotta, we gotta get him along because we don't want this company that he works for to withdraw the money. Who do you know that got that kind of power and that kind of pull? You don't know Jay Z, so don't bring that up because he's not your friend. No. Who do you know? But you'd be surprised at the number of white people who know somebody. We don't know nobody. And that was power politics. 
You saw power politics. He wasn't like, well, let's work something yeah, out. Yeah, he wasn't like, well, I know you had a hard time. I know you got rules. He was like, do what I say. That's people, and we need to do a whole show. We kind of did a show on this before about how the difference between people who know what to do with power and then people who are kind of scared of power. Because mm. honestly, we haven't had power. And I'll, I'll, look, I didn't have power for a lot of time in my life. So the first time I got it, I kind of did some things I shouldn't have done. Um, but then I spent like. You, you made know, a mess? Well, no, I made a little bit of a mess. But, <laughs> but like, I spent, I, I realized, well, I need to study how power moves and then how to wield it. Right, because the people who know how to wield power and learn about wielding power, I'm going to teach my daughter how to wield power. Um, like it's different. You're not like it's it's a different logic. Mm. You need to learn how to wield and share power appropriately. But like if you've never been given power or don't know how, like if you're often if you're a black man or if you're just black, like what have you been in charge of? I ain't been in charge of a lot of stuff. Because to be in charge, you need to a have lot of access stuff, to... And a lot of stuff I would have been better in charge of than the people who were in charge of it. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, I've had a lot of bad white bosses, so usually I'd learn from, like, the bad bosses I have. But, like, the experience of having power and wielding, because you need capital to have power, because that means you're making decisions about what to buy, what not to buy, what to produce, and what not to produce. So, like, what black people really get that kind of experience? And then to have power and to be able to fail, that's what white people get. They yeah, they have fail. Power. They were like, well, I'm going to do it good next time. Fail again. I'm going to try again mm-hmm. next time. Fail again. I'm gonna do something different next time. Fail again. We'll get that. We'll get that opportunity. And to you fail. know what? They get better because after the fifth time failing, you might learn. Yeah, you something. might learn something. You maybe. So it's true. So let's Sorry. take a, let's take the last one. Come on, we do a show on the black church. Y'all so go. Hello. What's going on? Hey, uh, you killed it. You killed it in uh, Louisville. I thought a uh, show on YouTube. I ain't held it down. I love that show with uh, him and Quincy. Oh, hey, I wanted to respond to the one call who was saying, who was, who, who was sounding kind of defeated when he was talking about we, we can't get the reparations. Uh-huh. <clears throat> we don't need to concern ourselves with where money going to come from. I want my check. Oh, and if you really want to know where the money is at, I live in Detroit. I want, uh, you know, any, any black urban city, just go outside your neighborhood, go to the liquor store, see who owns it. Go to any restaurant, see who owns it. Go to the gas station, see who owns it. That's our money. We can get it back. That's all I got. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah. yeah. All of that, man. Come on. I didn't know until I did some research that we had $90 trillion in private wealth. Now, Antonio says you got to bump it up. $94 trillion in private wealth the U.S. has. And so, you know, a trillion dollars here, a trillion dollars here. Pretty soon, you're talking about real money. We could use some of that money. We sure could. But we, so we need a wealth tax. Not income. Income's not real money. Wealth. Some of that old money. God damn it. <laughs> you want some of that old money too, don't you? I want all of the old money. I just want some of it. You need You'd to take a Georgetown building, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd take it in a heartbeat and do so much with it. Like, and you wouldn't feel that bad either. You're like, you owe me. A- I'd be like, you owe me two bills. I'm the kind of person who give me a Georgetown building. I'd be like, what my other building is? <laughs> I need the building for the babies. The children need a building too. It ain't just you, just, you know. This is for the this is Generation X building. What a, what a, what a millennial building at? That's who I am. You gonna give me no one building to shut me up? That's how I understand how people get paid off. People give you a little bit of money. Ain't nobody gave you no real money. He didn't even gave you enough to get paid off. And you paid off. Someone talking about ooh, what about the Jew? Shut up. Get out of my face. Get on my nerves. Just make me so upset. Get on my nerves. Right, tell the people who we are. Breakingbrown.com, Yvette Carnell, Ira Mose, Frimpong, 
Please, if you're watching, subscribe. Please, if you're watching, um, definitely, definitely hit the little notification. There's a little thing looks like a bell. Hit that for me. Also, also, if you're watching, you can go to donatebrown.com and donate. You can go to, you know, you can go to breakingbrown.com and subscribe to the newsletter. It's two dollars a month. You can also go there and donate monthly or on one time. Um, if you're on hold tonight, I do apologize. Um, I got here a little bit late, so we weren't able to get to all the phone calls. We will try to rectify that at the next Breaking Brown. So keep a note. If you had a, a, an important point to deliver, keep a note, and we will try to. I will try to give a little more time to calls next time. The children need a building. The children. They do. <laughs> the babies need a building. What you going to do for the babies? The babies need a building, Ironman. The babies need a building. And that's what I would tell them. I come in there and say, what you going to do for the babies? <laughs> Shit. What's that, Generation Y now or something? I don't know. The children. Okay. The children. All right. Enjoy your night, everybody. Stay safe.